Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is the 28th of November, 2022. And on today's show, Luke Fickle takes the Wisconsin head coaching job. Not good news for the Big 12. We'll explain why, who they might hire, the Bearcats, uh, who they might go with with their next head coach. And also another look at the Big 12 standings and just the biggest surprises, both positive and negative, from the regular season. We'll look at that and more on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today brought to you all by Omaha Steaks, the best gift to give anybody in your life that is a meat eater, uh, Omaha steaks. People give me Omaha steaks every single Christmas, and I always love it. It's a great, you know, a great gift. Uh, families together, all that kind of stuff. So Omaha steaks, guys, keep them in your thoughts uh, when you're thinking about gifts this Christmas and holiday season. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at lo big twelve. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Please subscribe to the channel. We are on the way to twenty eight hundred right now. Thank you all so much. Please tell your friends if you guys have not subscribed yet. Six days a week of Big 12 content, best place to get it right here, Locked On Big 12. Uh, And then also, if you guys can't watch, find us wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those places. Leave a review, leave us five stars, and also on these videos, please comment, let us know what you think. All right, so first things first, let's get down to it. It's it's the news that uh, broke yesterday when, you know, I was actually just finishing recording and I'd already gotten the show done, so I was not able to mention this, but it deserves its own full show. So I'm kind of glad that we're getting to it now. Luke Fickle is headed to Wisconsin after six years, I believe it was, at Cincinnati. He's on his way to Wisconsin. And, you know, about this job, like this was, ironically enough, a job that we had talked about several other Big 12 coaches taking, right? We had talked about... um you know, the opportunity for maybe a Lance Leipold who coached at Whitewater, uh, Chris Kleiman, uh, obviously at K-State, Matt Campbell, that neck of the woods as well. He's at Iowa State, uh, clearly. And they landed on Luke Fickle. And look, like, it's an outstanding hire. I mean, it is an outstanding hire. I cannot emphasize that enough. He is a consistent winner. He's done a great job building that Cincinnati program. He has coached a team to conference championships. He has coached a team to undefeated seasons. He has coached a team to the college football playoff, a place that the Wisconsin Badgers would like to go. And while that Big Ten West is a jumbled mess right now, Wisconsin and Iowa, to me at least, are the two programs that have kind of risen above. And those are two programs. And look, I think they're going to scrap divisions eventually in the Big Ten. But if they were to keep if they were to keep divisions, Wisconsin um, and Iowa are the two kind of thoroughbreds, in my opinion, or potential thoroughbreds, I guess you could say, in that Big Ten West. And um, that's also a place that like a lot of Wisconsin's best teams, they recruit very well, but a lot of Wisconsin's best teams are based off of talent development, right? I think what was so exciting, and I know Graham Mertz hasn't worked out, but what was so exciting about Graham Mertz was finally Wisconsin has a running back or quarterback rather who is uh, you know the super talented, highly sought after guy. It's the same thing when they had Russ, right? I mean, Russ obviously was a transfer there, but it was 
they they had a difference maker at quarterback that kind of wasn't the uh, and no discredit Scott Tolzien, but like you know wasn't this standard pocket passer Scott Tolzien type guy because they had a ton of those guys and a, a more of a guy who could make some plays and, and make things happen. It just has not worked out at all for for Graham Mertz, and so they're trying to find you know. Who is like the next guy, a quarterback for them? It's a big question that Luke Fickle will have to answer. But um, you know, offensive line play is a big key for them. And you look at the that team last year. I know we talked about Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati, but running the football with Ford, I mean, that was that was really their bread and butter. And that's where they made a lot of hay. And and that's something that I think Luke Fickle, once again, that running game will stress when he goes over to Wisconsin. And so uh, you know, development on the defensive side, right? I mean, think about all the guys that that uh, the Cincinnati defense put into the, you know, put into the draft last year. I mean, a bunch of guys, and we'll talk about the defense here a little bit. We, we hit on candidates for the, uh, for the Cincinnati job, but I, I think a lot of that stuff transitions and is applicable. And um, he is going to be able to maximize. Like, I, I don't think this is a job, excuse me, where, where we see the trajectory of how Wisconsin football does you know they do things i don't think that changes and if look if i if you all get that sense you know let me know and tell me you're tell me i'm wrong you know leave a comment and tell me that i'm wrong about that um but i don't necessarily think that this is a this is a situation where like they're going to change a whole lot because luke fickle's now a coach i think they believe it's a guy who can maximize um what they've got there going on right now uh, in his six years uh at cincinnati four and eight then 11 and two 11 and three Nine and one, 13 and one, nine and three. I mean, the guy is a tremendous, tremendous head coach. And look, it it felt like the Ohio State job was the job that he was waiting for, right? That felt like, um, you know, and, and he actually might even have better access to that job now that he's in the Big Ten. Uh, but they're not firing Ryan Day anytime soon. Look, everybody's thinking, everybody's calling for Ryan Day's head and everybody's upset with his play calling and whatnot. The guy is winning a ton of football games. Now, you know, I think there are some folks I was listening to cover three yesterday um, out there that believe, hey, if, you know, um, if he does not win the Big Ten, he loses to Michigan, all that kind of stuff again next year, he'll be in some jeopardy. But the guy was 13 and one, seven and one, 11 and two and 11 and one and three complete full seasons. Also three and zero oh in the, uh, the 18 season when he took over, he's 45 and five in three years. Uh, and so, I mean, they're going to probably gonna go to the Rose bowl again. The, the ESPN playoff predictor gives them like an 88% chance of making the college football playoff. Right. I'm not sure how that actually happens. Uh, like how they came up with that number. I, I see how they can get in the playoff, but um, you know, like his story is not done this year. And I don't think Ryan day is going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so you know, that's always the job that Luke fickle, I think really wanted. He's got better access to that now, but he's also at Wisconsin. So I don't think it's a job that he's like, chomping at the bit to take at the moment we'll see what happens with that but still he's in the neighborhood now what does this mean for the league right what does this mean for the big 12 well guys this is this is bad um i remember that we did the rankings of what we thought like the rankings of the best coaches in the new big 12 we did it before the season and um i think i did it with john williams of locked on sooners i think we did it with steven simcox of locked on horn frog. We did it with a group of people and I forgot where everybody landed, but I remember uh, multiple people had Luke fickle at number one. I think Emery lied to the former host of locked on red, uh, locked on Texas tech 
he had him number one. And look, there's a good claim to that too. Even after a nine and three season, there's a pretty good claim to him being up there as well. I had Mike Gundy, I think. Um, this, this diminishes, in my opinion, not the Cincinnati football program, but the steam that Cincinnati had coming into the Big 12. And look, like I did not expect Luke Fickle to be this longtime Big 12 head coach, right? I was I always thought there was eventually going to be a job opening that he was going to want to take, and I thought that he would probably get it eventually. Obviously, with Jim Harbaugh flirting last year, the Minnesota Vikings, Michigan felt like that job potentially, right? Multiple guys uh, being thought of for that job. But um, I didn't think he'd be long for the conference. I did think he'd make it into the conference, uh, to be honest. And this is going to hurt the league for sure, because he is an excellent head coach, an excellent program builder in the state of Ohio, right, where he's won championships. And I thought a lot of that stuff that he was doing at Cincinnati would translate well to the Big 12. And I thought he, out of all the coaches right now, maybe would have the, uh, one of the easiest time assimilating to this league, right? Uh, having to do it, you know, the American, it's a, it's a hodgepodge. I mean, you get a hodgepodge of offenses uh, just because where the league is. Like, think about all the different schools they play and all the different kinds of offenses that you see, you know, uh, from Houston to Navy to Tulane, to all, all that stuff together, right? You see a whole lot of different stuff happening to ECU. Like, you see it all in the AAC. And so I thought he was pretty well equipped to – handle a big 12 that is not just, you know, there's Baylor with the wide zone and there's Texas tech trying to run a hundred plays. And you know, there's TCU, obviously it's got the, you know, air raid branches, but it's a little bit different air raid than what you get at a Texas tech, right? All kinds of different offense that you see in this league. I thought he'd be really well equipped to come into this league and, and start doing very well. Um, but look at those coaches. Like it, it's a great crop of coaches, especially with Luke fickle that the big 12 had coming in. Obviously, you've got Kalani Sataki over at BYU. Uh, you've got Dana Holgerson, maybe we think. I, th- I think it'll be Holgerson still um, coming in with Houston. And then you've got Gus Malzahn at UCF. And now that crop is greatly diminished with, um, with Cincinnati. And look, here's the thing, guys. Like, I'm not sure it matters if Cincy was in the Big 12 or not. I mean, you know, they've got a bowl game, and then they're, they're a Big 12 team a football team after, after their bowl game, they are now a big 12 football team. Right. And so with that, like, you know, he's about to go to power five, but look, there is just an allure to those jobs, to those jobs that are in um, the bigger conferences that are in the big 10 and the sec, because as we've talked about a million times, that revenue gap is there and it takes stuff like Kansas making a massive commitment about facilities to their coach to, you know, we'll see if it's assistant salaries as well to keep guys like that around. If Nebraska's of the world come calling, if Wisconsin's of the world come calling, and even then it might not work. And um, that is a difficult reality that we're going to have to deal with. And look, like I-, I hope we keep Chris Kleiman. I hope we keep Matt Campbell. I hope we keep Lance Leipold. I hope we keep Sonny Dykes. I hope we keep all of these coaches in the league. But, you know, there are certain realities that we have to to discuss. Like when we discuss the Ole Miss job versus the the Auburn job, right, two SEC jobs, the one thing that comes up is, you know, we talk about Lane Kiffin. Like we know you can win a national championship at one of – at Auburn, right? 
We don't know that you can do that at Ole Miss. We've seen Auburn go to a national championship, right? We've seen them win a national championship, obviously different format at the time with Cam Newton, but like we know it is possible with a guy like a Gus Malzahn to go to a national championship at a place like Auburn. Um, we don't know about Ole Miss. Like right now, you know, uh, TCU, I think we can all say like we think they're going to go to the college ball playoff. We don't know that for sure, right? And so, you know, we can't say for sure at any of these schools that you can win a national championship. The nice thing about a 12-team playoff is we say that you can play for a national championship with expanded 12-team playoff, sure. But, like, the proof has to be in the pudding that you can actually win one, right? And I don't know if Wisconsin can win one, but they're definitely in the tax bracket of schools that do, right? They are definitely in the tax bracket of schools that do uh, are able to win them. And when you add the money plus the potential opportunity, um, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to turn down. Like, and like, I'm just saying, I'm making the Auburn Ole Miss comparison. Just like, that is the way that we look at jobs. I'm not saying Wisconsin can win one. We have not seen them win one yet. I'm just saying like, there are, there are certain stipulations between jobs that, you know, that kind of elevate one job compared to the next. And um, I think there are multiple stipulations that elevate the Wisconsin job over jobs in the big 12. I don't mean to diminish the league, but like guys, think about the amount of money and resources that these big 10 schools are going to have. Now they're going to rake in over a billion dollars a year. It's just unfair. It's silly, stupid money. And they're gonna be able to hire and fire coaches, uh, you know, with impunity at this point because of how much money is there. Now I'm not saying Wisconsin's going to do that, but like all of these schools have the opportunity now to do that because of what's happening there. So uh, you know, athletic directors and presidents and chancellors and school administrators now in the Big 12, that is the challenge, right? Anytime a coach does well, there are always jobs somebody's going to leave for. But how do you protect your coaches? How do you protect your school? How do you protect your program? Because that kind of gets to the next point about this is where does Cincinnati go from here, right? What is the next step? Well, uh, I'm not going to give the I'm not going to give candidates. Uh, it's not usually kind of the business I am, but I like looking at these lists. We'll go to USA Today first. Keith Jenkins of the Cincinnati Inquirer, who's actually come on the show before. So let's talk about what, what Keith has to say about some of the the ideas here. Kerry Coombs, the Cincinnati cornerbacks and special teams coach. He's uh, he's 61 years old, so there's kind of some questions there. Mike Tressel, the Cincinnati defensive coordinator. Um, definitely somebody who's familiar with the state of Ohio, Tressel, somebody who's familiar with the, obviously Cincinnati defense, <clears throat> excuse me. He was the man who replaced Marcus Freeman following the, uh, the 2020, um, uh, season. And he came from Michigan state, um, you know, there. So he did obviously a very good job. He's a really good, uh, really very, very good recruiter. Um, he's known for that. Jesse Minter, the Michigan defensive coordinator, Deion Sanders was on this list. Kevin Wilson from Ohio State was on this list. And also Urban Meyer was on this list. And then also I looked over uh, to see what they had over at Fan Nation, all Bearcats, Russ Heltman, his options. He mentioned Kerry Coombs. Um, he also mentioned Mike Tressel uh, as an option there. External options, Deion Sanders, Brian Hartline. Brian Hartline, guys, has been getting a whole lot of love as you know, a, a coach uh, with the job that he has done at Ohio State. The the thing about him is, um, you know, that's a really good job. I'm going to pay him a ton of money just to coach receivers. So we'll see what he wants to do. Also mentions Jason Candle, who is a Toledo head coach. He has done 
a very good job uh, this season. Is also mentioned Alex Galash um, for this job, who is the offensive coordinator at Tennessee, just 38 years old. He also mentions Jesse Minter, who we had just talked about. But there are a lot of different directions they could go. I think I think they're going to go well. I don't know anything. I've got no inside information on this. Um, my hunch is they might consider going internal, and here is why. I think that they built such good momentum, even with a nine and three season. I think obviously if you put that many guys in the NFL, like you expect somewhat of a downturn. And, and look, last weekend of the season, they're playing a Tulane team that is really good this year. And they had a chance to go to the, the AAC championship game again. Um, I, I have not liked the Cincinnati team this year. I've not watched them play. I've not thought they've been very good, uh, like, like, you know, by Luke Fickle standards. But, like, that's to be expected. They still have a chance to win 10 games in a bowl game. They were still, you know, in it in the fourth quarter to go to the AAC championship game again. And there's all these other teams that lead Tulane, UCF, um, you know, uh, who have had really good seasons, who have kind of the chance to elevate themselves right now and Cincinnati just missed out on being in the championship game right there and you know kind of teams kind of you know Houston last week those teams kind of go up and down in that league they're kind of around the top but like you're saying there is a little bit of turnover and who's going to the championship game uh two separate teams uh four they've had four separate teams the last two years go to that title game and so still to be in that last you know last uh last weekend to go nine and three still you know I think it's uh, it's impressive like how do you keep that momentum going how do you retain the players that you have and how do you keep the positive uh, recruiting momentum that you have right now moving forward? Uh, how do you do that? I think when you think about that, like internal hire kind of shouts at you, hey, this is the best thing that you can do. And, and right now, guys, they're number 31 in recruiting. And I mean, it's a good spot to be in, right? They're right behind Michigan State. They're right ahead of West Virginia's number 32 class. So Cincinnati, in terms of Big 12 schools, is in a good place. I mean, you look at Big 12 schools like Texas and OU, they're basically SEC schools at this point. I mean, in recruiting, they recruit up there. But like out of new Big 12 schools next year, TCU is number 19. Baylor is number 21. Texas Tech is number 22. And then you hit Cincinnati, according to 24-7 Sports. So they're doing a good job recruiting maybe for the sake of continuity and trying to keep this thing rolling, maybe you do go with internal hire. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world for them to consider that right now. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that is where I am, uh, you know, uh, would love a Deion Sanders. Sure. would love, you know, the idea maybe of an urban Meyer, maybe um, sure. But I, I think that uh, maybe internal is kind of the best way to go right now. It is the holiday season. Make sure you give the best gift to that special person in your life. Omaha Steaks. Uh, guys, my family, my grandparents, send me Omaha Steaks every single year as a gift. And it's always something I look forward to. And they don't just have steaks. They've obviously got the steaks and several cuts you can select from. But they've got burgers. They've got hot dogs. They've got pork chops. They've got desserts. They send them to you and they're frozen, which means that they'll end up being fresh whenever you decide to use them. So special occasions, if you want to just treat yourself right, you guys can do that with Omaha Steaks. And even if, if you want to treat yourself right, you can order Omaha Steaks for yourself 
right now this holiday season. Thank you, Omaha Steaks, for supporting the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, one more thing to touch on. Just going to quickly look at these standings one more time in the Big 12. Showed these yesterday. Just kind of want to talk about a couple things that jump out to me right now and just think about this. Obviously, TCU at 9-0 is a huge accomplishment. Running the table in this conference to go 9-0 in one of the strongest top-to-bottom years that we have seen in this league is really impressive. K-State at 7-2 and two is impressive, but like the first thing as a positive that catches my eye, and I mentioned this yesterday, I'll do this again, is, is Texas Tech and the job Joey McGuire did. And even thinking about it too, like the fact that they had three separate quarterbacks in there this year and had to deal with all of that, had you know having to deal with Morton and then having to deal uh, with Donovan Smith first. It was, it was Shuck to Smith to Morton to Smith and, and Shuck and all of that in between. To deal with that and have as good of a season as they did, really impressive. You know, think about who they play, Houston, at NC State, Texas, can, at Kansas State, at Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Baylor, at TCU, Kansas, at Iowa State, Oklahoma. I mean, the only game that was like relatively easy for them was that game they had against Murray State. Like that was a pretty easy game. The rest were like, there was always something that felt like on the line for all these teams. They did an excellent job. I thought Joey McGuire and his staff managing that. And the, to be over 500, to be five and four. And like, May Culpa, I was wrong about this. I thought it would be like a really strong five and seven, six and six year for them. I know seven and five is not that far off, but for them to be six and one at home, they, they were tough on the road. But six and one at home to win three straight games to close out the year to get to seven wins, like that is absolutely a, a strong start for Joey McGuire. I know that recruiting class, not taking a huge hit. I mean, but 21st of the number 21 recruiting, cl- uh, recruiting class to have 26 commitments right now. And that, that's like you know, 26 commitments right now is, I think it's the most out of any school. I'm looking at the top 25 right now. Bama's got 23. Notre Dame's got 25. LSU's got 24. Um, but if you look at the like, number of commitments, Texas Tech is is number one from what I'm seeing right now, at least in that top 50. So you have to love what we're seeing from Joey McGuire. And a chance to get eight wins in your first season is huge. And also, it's that launch pad that we talked about for them potentially joining the ranks of a K-State, of a Baylor, of an Oklahoma State, of an Iowa State, who make those pushes towards the top of the league. Texas Tech has not done that. They're trying to build to a point where they can negative, I think it's got to be the Sooners, a three and six year in the Big 12, six and six overall, not a very good road team. They didn't defend home turf, you know, in an excellent way, excuse me, this year, Uh, picked to win the league. They were my pick to win the league and, you know, they've, they just faltered. I mean, everything was not good enough this year. Uh, Defense couldn't stop the run. Uh, Offense was not good enough. Marvin Mims, I thought had a rough season, kind of got a case of the drops. This year, that was weird. Eric Gray was tremendous. Dylan Gabriel was kind of in and out of the lineup, right? We know he was injured part of the year. You know, we even saw in that Bedlam game, offense was great in the first quarter. That thing became a game more so than it should have. And um, Oklahoma has got to be the most, like, off the top of my head, disappointing team. So there you go. There's a couple quick thoughts about the standings. Uh, More looks at the Big 12 championship game coming up this week as well. More talks about coaching silly season. There's still a whole lot more to sort out. We'll see what the effects are on the Big 12 conference. Obviously, one coach in um one coach is gone that we've seen now, Luke Fickle. 
at uh, Cincinnati is gone, so they've got a hire to make. No word on Neil Brown. You know, he's not gone yet. So normally that stuff happens pretty quickly. Maybe it happens today because it is, I don't know, we'll see it's Monday. You know, they say Black Monday, whatever it is in the NFL. Um, it feels like it feels like at this point they have not made that move. He's staying, right? He's staying, so we'll see on that, and we'll see if anything else happens. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.